to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Roga the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, John. Hello, hello. And our special guest today, Brad Kerr. Hi there. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, I'm excited. I've, I've actually played through some of the adventures you've written. John's ran them. <laughs> Uh, I'm flattered. Thanks for running my stuff. I've listened to um, you, you guys talked about Demon Driven to the Maw recently. So uh, that was a great episode. Love listening to it. Thanks for featuring my stuff. Oh, no doubt. We, we enjoyed <laughs> it. We went straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I Like the first 30 seconds of the show, I'm like, uh, these, guys, these guys went to hell, I bet. And uh, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> a minute into it pretty much confirm my suspicions <laughs> I, i'm gonna be honest sometimes our game group can be a little i don't know what i can't find the right word sometimes i guess mischievous and we definitely get into the worst <laughs> of things to get into <laughs> we're not very reverent about it we'll put it that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that one has really high you know screw everything up potential i mean <laughs> yeah there's a lot there yeah sorry this is john there's a lot of moving parts and uh the the guys uh don't handle social situations very well a lot of times <laughs> so it got a little it it got a little awkward pretty quickly it, and so yeah but we had a great time it was a we we did it as a one shot and uh it was great. I thought I thought it went really well. Great. I'm excited to hear that. So I got a question just, just for John. Who who took so at some point in time we followed these what were the vampire ladies called that adventure again? They were okay. called uh <laughs> Bavinci. Is that right? That's Am it. I yeah, the Bavinci. Okay. Is that based on anything? Yeah, that's from just kind of Scottish folklore variations of vampires, basically. Um, but you know, they kind of live out in the wilderness and lure men to them with their feminine wiles and then eat them. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was kind of reading about some Scottish um traditional, you know, mythological creatures, and I'm like, yeah, definitely get the <laughs> the deer hooved vampire women into something that's just too weird to pass on. And then there's like a really large body of like evil horses in Scottish folklore. I didn't really feature them, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of surprised like digging in how many bad horses out there there are. So um, maybe maybe for a sequel. <laughs> there we go. Bad so I want to know more about the bad horses. What, what, <laughs> what do they do? They're just mean. I mean, you know, it's all variations of, uh, you know, seducing or eating people. I think horses are probably mostly going to be on this side of eating people, um, you know, oh. but <laughs> yeah, they're out there doing their evil horse thing and, you know, <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> I, I, I have an issue with horses. I have a fear of horses. <laughs> true. When I was young, I, I, uh, I lived on a farm for quite a while and, uh, and yeah, that happened. And, you know, I had to clean up the horse piss and the horse, poop and the, and the horse, <laughs> horse urine, cleaning up those stalls. The urine from horses is horrible. I don't know if y'all have ever had to clean a horse stall. No, it is no. terrible. It is terrible. Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> I ended up on one of these horses and it tried to buck me off. 
I held on for dear life. And there was huge concrete, um, I don't know what to call it, drinking hole that was there. Trough. A trough, yeah. There you go. I should know that. <laughs> I lived there with the thing. We had like goats and stuff like that too, you know, lots of chickens. There were a couple horses that a couple people boarded there, but I, yeah, I am scared to death of horses to this day. So all horses are equal and scary to me. I can admire yeah. them from a distance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been around horses too much, but from the time I have spent with horses, my general impression is these things are too big. You know they're what powerful. I mean? Yeah. Talking about, yeah. see, they're too big and we're just supposed to be okay with that. It's, I don't know. I'm not okay with that. I, I don't want a horse anywhere near me. They're very strong and powerful <laughs> creatures. They're much stronger than me. <laughs> yeah, and the kicks, you know? Yeah. Can't go behind them, they'll kick. Forget it. No. Yeah, not interested. <laughs> so I had, I liked well, the one that we ran with our old school adventures, OSE, old school mm. essentials campaign. That was the, the hideous daylight was what it was called. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the first one that I read and ran and uh, really, it, it was so good. It's when, you know, it stood out enough that I wanted to look up other stuff you'd done. And, uh, I said it, um, I said it in Dolmanwood, which is the mm. Gavin's, uh, setting he's working on. Although mine is a very, uh, <laughs> very, it got very altered to the point where they, they were mispronouncing it Dolmanwood. So it just became <laughs> Dolmanwood that way. If I ever want to do an official Dolmanwood, we can forget about this, but it was, uh, it was, I thought it was fantastic. We lost one character to the giant rat, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it went really well. And I was able to weave it into the kind of the overall all story really well. well thanks so much. The, I always love hearing feedback like that. Yeah. Uh, at the end, they got up to the, and this is a little spoilerly. There's a floating island yeah. um, where a mage is, is uh, or a wizard is keeping it meditating to keep it daylight mm -hmm. and it ended with uh with them getting off it and it crashing down and and <laughs> making this like really epic scene where they're running away and there's this big <laughs> island of dirt going in and like knocking them over so yeah it was it was incredible we had a good time i think that's awesome i had fun we we also like revisited the whole like when we revisited everything when like there was a lot of stuff I think that you added to that that was interesting that I was not in the that none of that was in the original one, correct? No. So I used uh, when the island I, I made my own little adventure, and that when the island hit the ground, it kind of opened up an ancient ruin under underneath there that I I brought the characters back there, and we kind of that was kind of our finale for the campaign. So That's I got a lot of use out of it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know. Funny you should say that. So one of the my big projects I'm working on now is I am working on uh, an anthology of old school essentials adventures, you know, kind of a third party, um, you know, just just more of kind of what I've been doing with Hideous Daylight and Temple of a Thousand Swords. But working on a book with four, um, four adventures. It's, I'm hoping to have it out this summer. Um, but one of them is um, a sequel to Hideous Daylight. And uh, it takes place on that island, and that is a very distinct possibility of crashing it into the ground and oh. opening up uh, something <laughs> in the earth. So, like you, you totally tapped into <laughs> fertile ground there. Great. Really, really <laughs> interesting that you said that. So, 
Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm uh, working hard on that now. Hoping it all kind of comes together. It's kind of are they going to be shorter adventures or about the same <laughs> length? <laughs> yeah, I man, I have a problem with <laughs> um, keeping it short. I intended on these to be like bite-sized adventures. Originally, it was going to be five, and started writing them and you know, I kind of did a page count check and they're all about the same size as Temple of a Thousand Swords. So all of them are about 20 pages. So all said and done, I think it's going to be about a hundred page book. I've got a couple of other extras that are going to go in there as well. Oh, um, are, you, are you going to kickstart that or just release it like you have been or? No, I'm just doing it uh, the old fashioned way. <laughs> Writing a lot of checks right now for art commissions, which is like extremely fun to see art kind of come, you know, materializing. Mm-hmm. Also very stressful to write these checks and like hope it all works out. But I don't know, for whatever reason, I've been avoiding crowdfunding. Um, I'm just doing it, you know, doing it old school, just putting it out there and hoping people buy it. So um, please people buy it when it comes out. <laughs> well, when you, uh, you know, when you the quality that this stuff is, it gets a lot of social media buzz about it. And that can that can move, a, you know, move a lot, I guess, just doing it that way. Thanks. Yeah. And the, you're talking about the art. The art on these is fantastic. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen art from this artist before in any role-playing games. Um, yeah, the um, the cover art you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's by my friend Matt Sticker, who is, uh, he's a professional artist, just amazing. He does a lot of work with um, like heavy metal albums and heavy metal t-shirts. <laughs> But really, really fantastic stuff. He, I, I, I'm lucky enough that he is in my weekly uh, RPG group, so he he's cut me a, a friend discount. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, Matt is just, I mean, incredible. I'm, I'm incredibly uh, blessed that he is willing to help me out on, on these books because I, I feel like he's batting batting down for. <laughs> where he could be you know the other other thing did i see right that you're going to be working on an ose uh for for the kickstarter the gavin's doing yeah so uh yeah i have an adventure that's a stretch goal for the old school essentials box set kickstarter yeah that's great that's great i was super psyched when gavin reached out and was looking for kind of a short a, a mini adventure a micro adventure he's calling it so um i'm in the writing process with that now about i don't know halfway through writing and just writing like a total awful freaky thing <laughs> just like starting to um look at what i'm writing i'm like man i don't know i feel like i don't this is kind of getting a little like a little gruesome so it might be some serious revisions by the time it gets it gets out there but i think that's going out in the summer at some point digitally there's a chance it might be in a, a book or some other format down the line i'm hoping that's true that would, that would be awesome to be in a first party ose book i mean they're just kind of top quality as far as i'm concerned yeah, yeah, yeah they're I great yeah. Back there. <laughs> amazing stuff I, i'm a huge fan of ose so um super psyched to be included with that and a lot of other great authors on that project as well i'm looking forward to that one and honestly i don't need to be backing that because i've got OSE books like the collective ones. I'm saying like, eh, you, you know, I think I'm gonna go ahead and just go for it all. Both boxes, like I just want to have it on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of the same way. That first day, kick the first day where if you back on the first day, you get a T-shirt and then a zine and then another zine. I'm like I'm doing the math. I'm like, I mean, all said and done, this is only like ten or fifteen dollars more for the actual box set. I'm like, I guess I could have another copy. What the heck, you know? So <laughs> it's another copy for the pile. Sure, throw it on. 
Well, I, I tend to buy multiple copies of books for games that I run. Like, yeah. that's just a thing that I, I'm not, I haven't run OSE yet. Mm -hmm. but I'm like, looking at like, yeah, there's a good chance I might run this in the future. So having extra copies ain't going to hurt. And if not, I know someone's going to run it and I can hand them out still to someone else who may need a book while rolling up characters. So yeah, that's why I do that. It's great. And like OSE is just like pure crystalline D&D. I mean, it's just like untouched raw. Like it's, <laughs> and you can just do so much with it. The adventures, I mean, I feel like you can just take them and run in them with any system. They're just so good so compatible and i don't know it, it's just not hard to convert them for whatever you're running i mean I've, I've used some of those adventures with black hack and yeah just some other systems that are just kicking around so just a wealth of, of stuff there yeah i was gonna ask you so do you in your weekly games do you run osc i, I know you did uh, De uh demon driven to the mall was for karen but um is that pretty much what you run mostly or yeah, so I've got, uh, let's see, I've got one weekly game and another that I run kind of every other week. Um, my my bi-weekly game, I'm running Old School Essentials. My weekly game, we kind of run through all sorts of different systems. I'm kind of of the belief that all role-playing games are beautiful, special children, mm. worthy of love. <laughs> so I'm, I'm totally open to whatever. So we're actually playing Pathfinder 2 right now. Like, don't ask me how we got there. It's like the opposite <laughs> of like the rules light old school stuff that I'm normally driven, um, normally drawn to. Um, but I don't know. We've been having fun just kicking around, just playing an ultra crunchy <laughs> system like that. I don't know. And some of my players really get into just the hyper fine tuning, you know, like I'm building mm -hmm. a beautiful muscle car of a character and spending hours, you know, <laughs> just crafting. So, you know, more power to them. I'm probably going to lose my um, OSR badge by guessing <laughs> 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 to playing Pathfinder 2, but whatever, Pathfinder 2 is pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I picked up the Pathfinder 2 core book. I said I'd pick it yeah. up if they, if, they, if they acknowledge the union. And I was like, yep, doing it. I was thrilled. But they, uh, I, I ran Pathfinder, the first Pathfinder, mm -hmm. a bit. I, I also played in, like, what was it, Starfinder game. Yeah. I don't think I would run another Pathfinder game because I find it a little too difficult as a dungeon master. It's a little bit too much. Things come at you out of left field, but playing it, I have no problem. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, like our Starfinder campaign, we played. I had these, uh, and I may have said this before on the podcast, I'm not sure. They have like a little, a little rat race, a little like uh, mouse people. Yeah, I got to be. I got to be. A, I, I rolled him up, and he got to be a mechanic. So he had a little droid that floated behind him, and I named them Biscuit and Bucket. <laughs> and I really enjoyed playing that character. It was a really fun game. But like I said, I don't know if that's the game I want to personally DM when I DM. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, Starfinder is great. I ran a Starfinder campaign for a while too. I feel like I kind of go in waves where I'm like playing these ultra crunchy games then i lose my mind and say no like we're playing you know we're playing karen for a while we're playing into the odd we're you know just go hard the other way and, and, and take it rules light for a while but um, yeah well mm -hmm. yeah sorry we that's what we've been doing yeah we we play every every wednesday one one wednesday which we just finished up tonight was uh mm -hmm. is hyperborea and then cool. I was running the OSC on the other. And since we've ended that cam campaign, we're kind of bouncing around and trying out one shots like we did with Demon Driven to the Mall and one or two, three shot 
little mini adventures. I think we're doing Troika oh, next nice. Wednesday. That'll yeah. be our second session. Shane's running that. So that's great. You know, I feel like if you get the right group that is just on board with playing whatever, that's like a really special thing. I mean, I see people on Twitter complaining all the time, like my group only wants to play 5e or whatever. And um, I mean, I know those groups are out there. I'm, I feel like I'm lucky enough that my, my, my friends I play with are just kind of like, yeah, whatever, we'll play whatever you want. So um, yeah, there's a wide world of, of weirdness to play and uh, <laughs> whatever. Oh yeah. And I've always had groups that tend to dabble in various role-playing games over the years. I don't know why. Like I heard the same thing. People like, Oh, my group only plays this. I've never had that group. <laughs> I don't know that. So people say stuff like, how do you get people to play this? Like, I don't know. I've got a group that wants to play whatever role-playing game we're up for. So yeah. That's not a struggle I've had. <laughs> yeah. You know, buy the book, show them the cover, look at this thing, you know, <laughs> and I don't know. That seems like that's, that's been my strategy so far. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd like to, you know, I, I do like having a campaign that can, you know, you build up time with these characters. The ones we had in OSE were great. And now I have all these other systems I want to run. And I was thinking about even converting those characters over to those systems and using <laughs> different systems, but keeping like a cohesive. I, I don't know if that's too much work. I wanted to, we just got Rogue Land nice. in the mail. And that would be a pretty easy one to convert OSE characters over to. So, I'm thinking about doing something like that where if I could get the same group of guys together, then we could uh, continue running that. So, yeah, that's cool. My, my dream game, which, you know, my, my players right now, they really tend to be like, you need to give them reasons to do things. You know, they're not, they're not the type of people that are just like, let's go make our own stories. You know what I mean? It has to be like, here's the hook, go, go follow it. Um, but in my mind, like I've been crafting this kind of sandbox world of like for old school essentials and i've just been buying so many dungeons and modules and i have this huge <laughs> pile you know what i mean i'm just like populating oh, yeah. this world like someday i'm gonna have this this perfect complete world full of dungeons but um i don't know i don't think it'll ever happen like the people i play with just don't care about that stuff but um, i don't know i'm just have this compulsion to keep buying reading dungeons and whatever. well <laughs> yeah well that's what i think I, i'm gonna do you know i stopped I'm not DMing anything right now. And I think I'm going to spend this year getting like foundry and just <laughs> setting up a world, a sandbox world and really, you know, I have plenty of free time, you know? So yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing And you're right. I have all these, I still haven't run this one. Oh uh, um, yeah. Temple of a thousand swords. I'm always, every time a new zine comes up, especially if it's for OSE, I'm, I just bought one this, this evening. Um, I'm always uh, grabbing them. So I want to, I want to actually use them too. And to do that, a good sandbox that you could just throw them into would be a good, great way to do it. Yeah. That's Temple of a Thousand Swords was kind of inspired by that, this vision I have. Like it's wanted to make a dungeon. You could just drop into a locale. You don't need a lot of warm up. You know, people can basically just find this thing and have fun without having the king be like, my son was kidnapped to go save him. Whatever, mm -hmm. You know, just find it, have fun, you know, let it rip. So yeah, definitely that that was the idea behind that one. Like the ridiculous thing about this stack of dungeons I'm building is I keep getting like mega dungeons, you know, like Barrow Maze and Caverns of Thracia and or uh, yeah, you know, like <laughs> if anyone finds one of these, like that's it, they're they're just stuck there for a year, like sandbox over. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, but they could leave. <laughs> it's yeah, they could leave. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a cure for this sandbox disease that I have. I'm just, you know, it's terminal. I'm just going to keep buying dungeons forever. I'm a little curious about like maybe how you got into gaming. Cause I like to ask that from people when they come on, I'd like to know kind of when they like, when they started, what they started with. It sounds like you're a lot like me. You've had a lot of, a lot of games you've played over the years. Yeah, definitely. So um, I started when I was in high school, it's probably 15 or so sat in on some, uh, my friends, were had they had some kind of superheroes game in a basement that they would just play all the time and i would play and you know just kind of watching them and hearing them i'm like you know there's something here like it can't it can be so much more than what they're doing and so i like went out and started buying role-playing games I started buying uh, like palladium games like heroes oh, unlimited. yeah oh <laughs> like i that's... played a lot of heroes unlimited in the night <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm running riffs right now <laughs> oh man yeah i love riffs <laughs> Love Riff. So it started with that when third edition D&D came out, like I was really bought in the hype. And, you know, I was in high school, like I spent all my part-time job money. I was like, I'm all in. It's like <laughs> the first thing I ever bought on like amazon.com was the third edition, you know, all the books sight unseen, I'm like I'm going for it. Like, I know that this is my life <laughs> and just went hard on third edition for a long, long time. That was like, that was it. And I don't know, I've just been playing everything since then. Like fourth edition came out. I was like, sure. I loved fourth edition. Um, played Pathfinder for a while, played fifth edition for a long time. And then got into Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which kind of got me turned on to OSR stuff. And I don't know, I, I feel like since then, it's just been an explosion of like indie games and just everything. I think that's the problem now with being like an adult with a boring day job is like I have the income now to just buy a ton of games that I'm never going to run, but I don't have the time <laughs> to actually like ever play them. <laughs> I've kind of made peace with the fact that it's just fun to like read games. Like that is also a part of role-playing game enjoyment. You don't have to play them. And that's not like a failure to, you know, have this book on my shelf that I'm, that I know I'm never, ever, ever going to play. It's, you know, it it's, it's cool to just read it and like absorb the ideas and be inspired. Yeah. I've, I've feel like I've just been playing a ton of games over the years. I think, I think for me, like, like even if you're not going to play this game that you have and you're reading through it, there's, if you're, if it's a rule set, there's ideas in there that you can might introduce in this. And I, I've hacked so many games and changed the rules around just the rules themselves, the ideas. And then there's so much you can get from a game book that you can use in your game even if you're not going to run that game. So yeah, I do the same thing. And especially in this day and age with this booming, like independent creators and zine scene and the OSR and the NSR and everything else that's out there going on right now. I think supporting those independent creators is part of it too. Like, yeah, I totally. want to see these people succeed and I want to get their stuff to keep, so they can keep on putting more out. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, people buy my books and, you know, I feel like the money that I get from my my stuff ends up in like a PayPal account that I just kind of like funnel back into <laughs> buying more books. It's just this churn of like love RPGs and even stuff that I'm not really loving. Like, I don't know. I always had this, this kind of um, feeling like when I was younger, I was more of actively being a musician and like trying to be in bands and stuff like that. And, you know, you go to like open mics or whatever and listen to music. And 
find like the bad stuff was more inspirational than the good stuff. You know, if you hear the bad stuff, I'm like, God, this is awful. Like I could do this better. <laughs> like this is, I could, you know, and I, I still kind of feel like that. If I'm reading something, I'm like, man, this is, this is a terrible idea. I don't like this at all. Like, what are they doing? You know, that, that gets the, the gears turned. I'm like, Oh man, how would I change this? How, yeah. How could I just fix this? Like, how could this be better? You know? So I think <laughs> read everything. Like there's, there's, fertile <laughs> ground even in the stuff that i end up not liking i i can do better than this i i feel like i watch movies that way yeah. <laughs> before totally uh before we i don't know what what we're coming up on time here but uh i had one thing i had to go over with you and sure, uh, sure. hideous daylight oh so, I know what we're gonna talk innocently about. <laughs> enough nick who was play who plays a hunter found the shovel blade okay yep <laughs> Now, little did I know that I was introducing a game-breaking <laughs> item into the... Because I'm kind of a DM that if somebody comes up with an idea that I'm not expecting, I like to try to make it work. You know, it's within yeah, the Yeah, good realm for you. Of. So we went straight from this into the Black Worm of Brandonsford. And probably even before they got to him, Nick had figured out that if there's an encounter, he can just dig a pit right underneath. <laughs> So that's how they actually ended up fighting and defeating the black worm. And once I allowed him to do that, which was fine, I was like, oh, this is a dragon. I mean, they're, I'll let him do it. They need all the help. Then he started doing it to goblins and to everybody. <laughs> so I had this, uh, and it, it ended up adding a lot of fun. But man, it, it could, if you were really a nitpicky about the, <laughs> it really broke broke it really quickly I, I came up with a whole system for how to determine who falls into it how they get out so uh, uh, real quick uh, I, and I, I i don't want to interrupt but i'm interrupting <laughs> yeah. could you explain the magic item for the yeah. listeners so that they know what we're talking about a little bit <laughs> yeah sorry about that yeah kind of in it so this is a shovel blade at first glance it resembles a common garden shovel Closer inspection reveals a sharpened edge that functions as a sword, and it does 1d8 plus 1 damage, um, two-handed melee weapon. But the uh, the big deal here is, it, and it does extra damage against plants, but the big deal is here, the wielder can cast Burrow two times a day. I think I reduced that to one. <laughs> um, the ground suddenly parts under the shovel's edge, to create an instant tunnel up to 60 feet long, which lasts for 10 minutes. And I, I kind of described it as like, you know, like the Benny Hill, they're running real quick. Like <laughs> he's actually digging really quick. It's kind of, kind of funny looking to, to watch, but yeah, he just would open up these pits. Um, and I kind of, instead of making it always a tunnel, I kind of figured out the volume that that would be. And he could, shape it however you wanted to <laughs> yeah that's hilarious um yeah. <laughs> you know i i kind of had some something like that mind in mind when i put it in the hideous daylight because you know various situations digging a hole very quickly can be useful in that adventure <laughs> yes. um like creatures that are underground that don't like sunlight for instance and like things on a flying island that <laughs> you maybe you don't want them to be on a flying island anymore things like that so I can't say that's against the spirit of the item. That seems like a perfectly fine application, I guess. I don't no, know what I would do if my players abused it like that. I think maybe I would have things start coming out of the ground that they maybe didn't anticipate at some point. <laughs> well, if it, the campaign had gone any longer, I was going to have to start rolling to see if he hit limestone or something like that. I had to, I had to put <laughs> yeah. a cap on it somehow, but yeah, but uh, 
yeah and i even shared a meme on our, our facebook group uh-huh. of somebody shooting a shovel with a bow and arrow and i told <laughs> nick he never thought of this one so <laughs> <laughs> that's a riot man yeah. all right yeah, well, the designer of the shovel blade uh, endorses the use of that shovel blade. I think uh, continue to abuse your game masters out there, everyone, by digging pits under goblins and dragons. Uh, that's what it's there for, and uh, not my problem. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, we're starting to come up on time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find your work online and how they can get a hold of some of the stuff that you've done? Yeah, sure. So all my work is available on RPG and itch.io. I don't know how you ever say that. Itch.io. I always like saying itch.io. I don't think that's the way you say it, though, but it sounds right. It's on itch. <laughs> Search for, you know, Brad Kerr or um, Sword Lords Publishing is what I'm called on, uh, on DriveThru. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Disco Misery. Don't ask me why that's my handle. It sounded like a good idea 20 years ago or <laughs> whenever I started using it, but that's where I'm at. I usually post, you know, stuff I'm working on or news on Twitter as well. So yeah, I've got a lot of projects in the cooker right now. So hoping it's a, a, a good year for, for cool stuff. So definitely keep an eye on that. Oh, we definitely will be keeping an eye out. As always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. And those of you that have, thank you so much. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Prom. We're on Patreon. We can use any support you can give us. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling.